This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools, and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better. Welcome back to Life Made Better, the podcast where we interview interesting people that not only inspire us, but so that we can find out how they made their life better and how we can learn from their story and their challenges. Today, we are very excited to be interviewing Donna Morgan. I met Donna on our coach's rising course, The Power of Presence-Based Coaching, and instantly warmed to her because of her grounded kindness and how knowledgeable she was in healing. Hi, Donna. Hello. Happy to have you here today. Can you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself and your business? Certainly. Well, I am based in Dundee, Scotland, although my clinic is in Perth. I've been working in somatic bodywork for about 27 years now. That includes massage, cranial sacral therapy. And the last few years I've kind of branched off into coaching. So I still have a clinic, like I said, in Perth, but I also do online sessions and I've been doing a little bit of online teaching as well. Mm, that's beautiful Donna and I love you know how it, it feels of what I'm hearing it felt like a very natural path to you I wonder like you know how do you start that journey of you know embodiment and, and healing what got you I guess like that first step what got you started gosh that was a long time ago so I tried many things when I was, when I, after I left school, I, I tried biochemistry and I worked for an architect, I worked for a music department, and then I did a part-time course in, in massage, which I loved. And ever since I was little, I'm the youngest of seven, I was always asked by my brothers and sisters, will you massage us? And often it was, will you walk on my back? Believe me, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but the other interest I always had is, is my spirituality. So when I was 22, I decided to come to Scotland and study theology and philosophy and then worked actually for the church for two years. And then thought, this isn't for me. thought I need to do the other love of my life, which is, is massage. So I went back to Canada um, because the training there is, is much um, more extensive. It's a two-year full-time course. And that got me started. And then when I moved to back to Scotland, I got back together with an old boyfriend and um, we got married and uh, have two beautiful daughters. I started doing craniosacral therapy, which really brought in the somatic aspect of what I do. And there was just a really blend for me between the physical, the spiritual, the emotional. And then the last few years, Five or six years now, I have been working with Thomas Hubble. That has really feels like it's brought together all of my life into what I love. And um, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing now. Wow, what a journey. And I'm thinking, where do we start? I'm thinking for people who don't know about somatics, how would you describe what somatics is? The best way I would describe it is that it is becoming aware that our body holds 
our emotional state. So it's almost like our body wants to help us. So I often tell people, for instance, if you're if you were on your way to a funeral and you had a car accident and you got whiplash, your body could actually remember that feeling of bereavement in your neck. And then the other thing that we all do is we all hold stress and tension in our body. It's almost like our body goes, you're not able to complete this emotional cycle. So I'm just going to hold that for you until you're ready to complete it. But so often, many of us don't go through the process of completing that emotional journey. And so we continue to hold it, which then causes many physical symptoms and problems. Mm, I love the fact that you're saying your body wants to help you, which is a beautiful thing. And I think at least from the, the the work that I'm doing with some clients, they come to you and they've got these physical reactions, but we are so quick to, you know, if you've got a headache, it's because I've been spending too much time in front of a computer and never once question if that is the truth of that headache. And I say headache and it could be, you know, anything else. So I guess what would be one way in which we can start questioning that? Because surely you would have seen people who come with what we call kind of like, you know, regular symptoms, like, you know, headaches or my tummy or backache, which we quickly associate with something else. But where would you recommend they start? What is kind of one approach or one step that they can take towards recognizing what it is? The most basic step I would say is mindfulness starting to become aware of what is you know even if you take five or ten minutes a day I, I i think i finally got my daughters taking this five or ten minutes you know in find whatever meditation app or person works for you and if silence works for you fantastic often most of us need to start with a little bit of help and just start becoming aware of what do I feel in my body right now? And do I feel anything? Do I feel numbness? Numbness is a feeling. Numbness is a way for our body to say, this, there's too much overwhelm and I need to just distance myself from what's going on. It's another way that our body does to help us. Wow. I'm amazed, Donna, that you managed to find this path 20 years ago or 20 plus years ago, because it is now becoming very prevalent through all the neuroscience research that our body holds these memories in ourselves. And we're even finding out that four generations back of trauma can be held in our body. So that could be our, you know, our great grandparents. And we've we've still holding that because not any of us are too scared to actually face the feeling and the feeling then keeps getting held but now they're realizing through the neuroscience if we actually feel that feeling it can be completed and it will stop being triggered and it will stop holding you back from your own capabilities so to, to, to know that you you realized this 20 years ago it must have been more of you being really in tune to what was working am I hearing that right well it's interesting in a sense I kind of feel like I got thrown into it my very first craniosacral patient and we were not dealing with somatic stuff at that stage it was just 
unwinding went straight into an emotional response and I was kind of like oh I've heard about this but (laughs) thankfully my training actually as a minister gave me a lot of experience in people's emotions I was doing a lot of bereavement kind of type counseling and a lot of funerals so that didn't scare me so I was able to with her hold her and when I mean hold hold the space so that she could process her and release some of it. So, yeah, I feel like I kind of got thrown into the deep end and was able to stay there and learn to tread water and then started looking for more information and more coaching, more, more training, more instruction. I mean, obviously, I think as, as the years go by, more and more research and investigation takes place and obviously helps us discover more things but what I'm hearing and I'm loving hearing it if I'm hearing it correctly is that you kind of that path found you it wasn't you in search of anything it was like oh here you are hi hello which I think is a beautiful thing because it feels to me that you were just open to things and so they show up in your way and it makes me wonder how many times we miss opportunities, gifts, just because we are not open, which in a way I think gets back to the fact that you are now helping your clients get in tune with that openness. So for me, it feels like a a beautiful, you know, full circle. I do wonder though, because certainly I have experienced this with some clients, it seems to be safer or they feel safer exploring these feelings or being in presence funnily enough being in presence with someone else why would you say this is do you think it's just comfort in the knowing that you've got someone holding the space for you and it feels like a safer environment or you know being too scared to do it on your own i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that For most of us, our emotional holding is from our childhood. And as children, we don't have the base to process the emotions that are coming up. In an ideal world, our parents or our caregivers lend us their base. But for most of us, that doesn't happen. Our parents aren't always fully functional individuals, and they can't give us the base. So then our body goes, right, I'm going to hold that until we can actually have enough space and base to process this. And when that, those old emotions and old traumas, if you like, get triggered, they need another person's base to borrow. So it's almost like another person, if another person can almost ground you, then you have much more capacity to process much more capacity to work through and feel safe enough to look at that which can feel overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I love you mentioned the word safety because I I got into this through through the neuroscience teaching and a lot of the teaching is about how we need to keep our nervous system in that uh, rest and digest, that parasympathetic, so that we can keep our brain online so our brain is working like an orchestra, not so that it's one part overrunning 
the other parts. So not one part playing the drums and the others like hiding in the background, but it all plays together. So for me, when you say about that safety, I don't think people are aware that the reason we go into these coping patterns is because we don't actually feel safe in our body. And the more micro traumas we've had as a child, the more times we've had emotions that we can't cope with, especially if we're very sensitive, the more we come straight out of that rest and digest nervous system. And we're in fear. And when we're in fear, we can't think straight. We cannot cope. We're totally overwhelmed. But from hearing you say what you're saying, and if someone actually holds that space for you, it is possible to feel safe enough in your body, which is what I hear when you say grounded. And when we feel safe, we can reach those emotions and give them some space. Is, is that right? Beautiful. I, I love how you're bringing in the neuroscience and before how you're bringing in the epigenetics as well. You know, like you say, we are just learning so much right now about how our nervous system works. And I think one of the biggest problems in particularly our Western culture is how much time we spend in our mind. We try to figure things out. You know, our mind is the fastest to process and make sense of things. Our emotions are a little bit slower, but they come next. And our body is the slowest. We need to give the body time to unwind, to release, and the, the further back that the trauma happened, the slower you need to take it. So as a therapist, as I'm working with somebody who's got trauma from when they're a toddler, we slow right down and almost verbalization almost stops because as a toddler, you're not speaking much. So it is much more into the physical feeling bringing in the emotional feeling, and sometimes language isn't even necessary. So it's interesting how much we focus on using our mind, yet our body and our emotions are our two other tools that are essential. I often say it's like they're all musical notes. So your mind is a musical note, your body's a musical note, your emotions are a musical note. And if you want to move into a fourth, your spirit your spirituality is a fourth musical note and we can become very articulate in playing one note maybe two but if you play all of them you have a chord and all of a sudden everything opens up it's kind of like wow this is full this is this has so much more capacity I have so much more capacity to to deal with life to enter into what life has to offer me and what I have to offer life mm. I think, though, there's so much, I was going to say stigma, I'm not sure if that's the right word, but I'll, I'll carry on, attached to the thinking. Like, first, we think that we are our thoughts. If I'm thinking it, I'm being it. And that is such not the way we can, you know, have another whole episode talking about that. But I think that is the first layer is like, if I'm thinking it, I'm it. And then, therefore, there's nothing else I can do with all of this. So to think that I've got to forget that part of my conscious being and let my body, my spirit talk to me 
I can see why this can be such a difficult thing for people to even attempt to and why roles like yours, Donna, become so important because it's not only that you are in safe hands to experience this, is a lot of people don't even know how to experience this. Because also because of the trauma you you uh, you know we're talking here, you associate that feeling with something and I quote unquote bad. Therefore, if I'm feeling it, I'm not even allowing myself to go there. So to start unpacking that onion, to start peeling that on your own, it's got to be such a a daunting prospect. Is this what you're encountering when you first start to work with your clients and I guess if anybody listening to us today feels a little bit in this space what would you recommend to them? Two things from what you said first you don't need to do it alone so doing it alone is is going to be overwhelming it's going to be you know it, it, it's going to be very hard to stick to it I think that is very true and I think we don't always need a professional I mean there are times when we do, but even just having somebody, as we all know, a best friend who really listens, we're attracted to those people who really listen because those people who listen give us that base that we kind of feel, oh, I might actually be safe enough to broach this issue, which really isn't comfortable for me to broach with on my own. The second thing I want to touch on is I don't want to ask anybody to forget their mind or get out of their mind you know it's our, our mind is an essential aspect of our whole and like i said it's the quickest to understand and if we only just mentally understand we find we keep falling back to old ways because we haven't processed it in our emotions and our and our body i i do ask people i can't not saying it i don't ask them to to drop into their body and you know come out of their mind in a sense but but I'm I would never ask somebody to mm. to not think <laughs> well it's almost impossible isn't it but what I'm hearing is that integration is your mind is here your body is here your spirit is here and it's what you were saying they might be all just you know playing different chords but let's bring them together let's just let them play the symphony I think that word integration, which I'm hearing from both of you, is so important because what we've been learning on the course is that we have these kind of frozen parts of us. And if we don't give those bits space and kind of help them melt away, not push away, but, you know, let let them melt away, we do have parts of us we can access. And it does narrow our ability to live a full life. And that is, you know, very sad. And for some people, they're suffering hugely because they have so many frozen bits. So I, you know, the fact that you've been doing this work for so long and helping so many people, totally um, respect for you, Donna, because I know that you're so passionate about it. And we can feel that on the course that you've come to power of presence-based coaching and you already have the power of presence. (laughs) So what led you to the course? Because I feel that you already had so much learning, so much presence. What led you to do this course? Um, I think I was looking for, I mean, like I said, I've been studying with Thomas for years now. And I thought, you know, I'd like to hear some other voices in this field and just 
see what other people have to say. So, so then I saw this power presence coaching and I thought, oh, that looks, that looks like a continuation of what I'm doing. I think I'll just, just give this a try. And I have so loved it. It's been so interesting to hear other people's, you know, the first module we did with Jim Dethner and I, you know, it was those, those things were all so new to me. And I remember our first day at the study group and me saying, well, I'm not a coach. And then you guys, after the, that first session said, you are a coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it is what I do with my online sessions, you know? So this is a whole new, new field for me to be kind of going, actually, I'm really loving working with people in that that one-to-one even online work and you know i do bring in so much of my somatic stuff it's you know I've been doing it for so many years that i do see it, it I, and i've been amazed at how much you see online of what's going on in people's bodies and uh, that makes me laugh too to think about when we first went into lockdown i offered all of my my in-person clients i said look I'm actually, you know, getting some funding from the government. So I'll give you all 45 minute free session. If you want to check in with me, if you're having any pains or difficulties. And I was talking one woman through working with a tennis ball on some back issues she was having. And I was going, now just move that an inch more towards the right. That's it. And I thought, how do I know that? I can't, I can't I'm not touching her. I'm not. I thought, wow, you know, all that work just it's not only and I, I i do know that how much work i do is intuitive but i hadn't realized that i could do it without even touching someone mm, i love hearing you say that because as lucia will say i was dead against doing any online coaching i was like no i have to be in their presence i need to feel them i want them in the room with me and you know, having to go online and seeing actually that people feel very safe in their own home and behind a screen that we can do even just as good and sometimes actually better work because they don't make the excuses not to come because it's that extra bit of effort, but they're also in the safety of their own home. And that lends to, you know, a positive outcome. Yes, I I think actually... COVID has taught us so much and doing this online work has really been inspirational of what is possible. And for me, they're two different containers. So they have, they both have tremendous assets and gifts to give us. And there's things missing when we do, when we're in one container, we don't quite have everything we have in the other container. And when we're in the other container, we don't quite have what we have. So they're both almost necessary. Mm-hmm. for us to really experience things. It's that makes balance, but what I'm loving hearing is just trying to see that the positive of age, which I think is something that, you know, um, not everybody does, so kudos to everybody to, to do that. I think for me, the one learning I'm taking from COVID is expansion because it's allowed you in a way to see more and, and be more like you know for me just the fact that you can dial in and then you can see a little bit of you know the homes of the people you're talking to gives you a glimpse of that world it's also allowed us like you know i'm having clients based in the us chicago that i would have never been able to coach if i just restricted myself to 
the UK. So I think what I'm hearing is that there's always a silver lining if you're willing to, to look for it. Or the beauty of it is that when you spot that something is not catering to something that you wish you had, it's finding a way to try and, and get it. So I'm seeing a bit of opportunity in there. Uh, what I'm also hearing, Donna, and I'm correct if, if, if I'm wrong, is obviously through the work that you do, there is a lot of, of connection of that intuition, but also I'm, I'm guessing a lot of connection and attunement to the energy of the person that you've got in front of you. I know that a lot of people that listen to us are those empathic beings. How do you protect yourself from not bringing that energy with you or or, or, you know, maybe I'm putting mouths in, words in your mouth and you do bring that energy with you. But I'm curious to hear, obviously, you know, after 27 years of practice, how do you do it? How do you manage to, I guess, protect yourself whilst still being of service and, and helping in such a powerful way? There's a few practices that I do. One is when I'm working with someone in person. Obviously, if I'm, I'm using massage, I need to wash my hands afterwards. But I wash my hands afterwards, whether I've you know, touched them or not. It's a way for me to just remember to, right, I'm letting go of their energy. And I find that's in some ways where I find working at the clinic easier. You know, I'm giving this person an hour that I'm going and I'm washing my hands I'm cleaning the room now with COVID spraying everything. You know, that's all done. And then I start again. It's a bit more difficult for me when I'm working at home. But again, kind of mentally making a shift and, and doing some sort of little ritual that just says to my whole being, I'm letting go of that one. It's taken me a while, I would say, to realize I have the power to turn off my empathy and turn it on, to turn off my perception and turn it on. I don't have to be bombarded with all of this information all the time. And there have been times in my life where I have. There have been times in my life where I walk down the street and I am picking up way too much information about someone I've just passed. And it, it was really good to realize, oh, I can turn this off. I don't have to take all of this in all the time. And I kind, of wonder, I kind of wonder if empaths aren't people who've had to survive a lot of unsafety. So turned on all of our perception, all of our intuitive abilities. And it's realizing I'm safe enough now that I can turn some of these off when I don't need that information. Mm. What I'm hearing is that kind of hypervigilance when you haven't felt safe, then you do pick up on everybody's energy. And I'm somebody else that can really relate to that. But what I'm also hearing is when you say that you can take control of what you can control and washing your hands and having that ritual is something that is really important. And I think something we can say to our listeners that, that there is things that we can control. And there is rituals that will help us if we want to move from one emotion to another emotion or one space to another space. We don't have to be carrying it all the time. Donna, I've absolutely loved 
this conversation and I feel like I've learned so much. I've, you know, I've only been doing somatics for the last couple of years. So to hear someone's been doing it 27 years is reassuring and wonderful. And I can't wait to get to know you even better on the, on the coaching course. But can you let our listeners know if you could sum up in one sentence how you've made your life better? Mm, thank you, Fleur. I think in one very simple sentence, I would say work on your baggage. We've all come into this life with baggage, some of it ancestral, some of it cultural, some of our own making. And the more we shove it down, the more it expands. And soon you're walking around with 15 pieces of luggage. But if we work on it, we can get it down to one or two. And then we have space for life. We have space to give, space to receive, space to really embrace what uh, life puts before us. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's been my favourite one so far. <laughs> thank you so much. That really felt from the heart. So thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you both. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, thank you, Don. I'm sure our audience would love to connect with you or reach out to find out more. Where can they find you? Do you have a website, social media? And for those listening, we will pop the links on the notes so you can click away. But where, where can they find you, Donna? Well, I'm just in the process of uh, building a website at the moment. So actually, the best place to reach me is just my email, donnagailmorgan at gmail.com. And my middle name is spelled G-A-Y-L-E. But Donna and Morgan are fairly simple. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Donna. Echo and Fleur has been absolutely lovely to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you both. And thank you to our listeners for joining us one more week. Thanks for showing us your love and appreciation. And please share the podcast with anyone you think will benefit from it. Like, leave a comment and subscribe. And we look forward to seeing you next week. And in the meantime, stay well, stay safe, stay inspired. Much love. <laughs>